Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the second episode of season two. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're not, welcome back to another amazing episode where I interview Ilana, an architect devoted to the field of sustainability. We talk about many different things ranging from our education to ways that, to ways that we can contribute to our planet. If you haven't already, go listen to the last episode where I talked to an actress. After listening to this episode, it would be awesome if you could head down to Spotify or YouTube and hit that like, subscribe, review button, all of those things. Also, check out our website, which is linked in the description box below for free resources and blog posts, as well as our Instagram page at theeverything.teenpodcast, where you'll find a bunch of other interesting things. The fact of the week is that for 20 years, a cat named Stubbs was mayor of a small Alaskan town. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. How are you doing today? I'm great, Lara. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I want to start off by asking you, um, what other jobs did you want to have when you were younger, and what kind of led you to finally choose architecture? Um, well, I really only had one other job when I was very young, maybe five or six years old. I had this idea that I wanted to be a brain surgeon because <laughs> it was like the hardest thing that you could be. I was trying to think what's the most challenging thing and then my father he worked for a a pharmaceutical company and he was pretty excited about the fact that I wanted to be a brain surgeon so he started bringing home these uh, movies uh, of surgery and I watched one and I was like oh no I don't like to look at blood I'm squeamish about blood so I decided that I didn't want to be a brain surgeon as soon as I saw those. But architecture, probably when I was about nine or 10 years old, I I always was very sensitive to the space, the surroundings. And we also used to get this newspaper called the New York Times, and they had a magazine in the back, uh, like a magazine, and they had um, all sorts of um, real estate ads for apartments and houses, and they would show plans and drawings. And then I used to trace over those plans. And then I start making my own plans. And, you know, just like always felt like I was interested in uh, space and my surroundings. And from there, I decided that I wanted to be an architect. Great. And um, before going to university, what was the main goal you want to achieve in your future as an architect, if you had any? I didn't really have an idea of what my goal was. I just wanted to, I wanted to design buildings and spaces and you know um i didn't really think about a specific goal i was just i wanted to be able to do that and my goal was to become an architect and that takes a long time anyway so it's a it's a pretty significant goal in Mm -hmm. and of itself Mm -hmm. what do you specialize in well uh for many years i i practiced uh you know working on the design of buildings uh, both, you know, as a designer, managing projects, you know, organizing teams, working with clients, all of the things that are involved in, in being an architect. But then about nine or 10 years, at, you know, into when I was practicing, I decided I wanted to specialize in buildings that were more environmentally responsible, um, that had, uh, you know, a less uh, negative impact on on the planet. So I decided to uh, focus on uh, sustainable architecture. Great. And was it because of the ongoing climate crisis or is it just something you got interested in? 
Um, well, I knew that I, you know, when I started out in architecture, people can specialize in different things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, about seven or eight years uh, after doing lots of different things, I started to realize, oh, I, I'd like to focus on something specific. I didn't know what because I was pretty good at everything. You know, I wasn't like excellent at one specific thing. But um, the family I was brought in was very focused, uh, brought up in rather, was very um, in, focused on, um, you know, environmental values, my father. And, and so we, when I was growing up, we were, we were, um, you know, very focused on improving the environment. So I actually came across a book um, in a book in an architecture bookstore that talked about sustainable architecture. When I saw the book, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. So Great. And can you talk to us a bit about your education? Sure. Um, so uh, I, in high school, studied, uh, made sure that I studied a lot of uh, math and science. I took drafting, which I loved in high school. It was like my favorite subject. Um, Can you I, explain a bit what that is? Drafting? Well, basically, I, I took it actually in grade seven. Um, well, basically, you learn how to draw with instruments like rulers, special pens and pencils, and you do what's called measured drawing. So meaning that um, let's say you're drawing a plan of a, of a house, mm -hmm. um, you're drawing it what we call to scale. It's in proportion to the actual size. So let's say, you know, something in real life, a room would be 10 feet by 10 feet. You would draw it in a smaller scale, but it would be the same proportion. Yeah. So, so we learned how to do measured drawings using instruments. And, um, and so it was really, really fun. Um, but then I guess after that, I went on to architecture school. Yeah, so I went to McGill University and I went to architecture school there um, and we learned all sorts of things. Um, and then I, you know, I worked for many years and then I decided to go back to school after I started specializing in sustainable architecture to learn more about that. So I went and did a master's degree that focused on climate change and how to adapt buildings to climate change. And I did that at the University of British Columbia. But that was many years after I started working, I decided to go back to school. Great. And was it just to be able to specialize in one thing and focus on one particular thing? Yeah, it was, it was again, to further specialize. So mm -hmm. I had specialized in sustainable architecture. And then as the climate is changing and we're seeing more and more uh, climate events like floods, like more heat, like uh, forest fires, um, I wanted to learn more about how we can think about designing buildings to adapt to the future climate and to be uh, what we call more resilient. So more resistant to, um, you know, some of these, these uh, changes or these potential, um, uh, you know, climate hazards, we call them, you know, if there's a flood, how do you make mm -hmm. sure your building is protected? So yeah, even within the field of sustainable architecture, I, I, I specialized even further in my master's degree. Great. And um, then you started a company, right? Um, and can you talk to us more about that kind of business? Sure. Um, so when I finished my master's degree, I had some interest from different people uh, who wanted to, uh, they wanted my help. So I, went, I hadn't planned to start a company. I thought I would, you know, 
look for another job Mm -hmm. and um because of also because of the pandemic it was a little bit more challenging to figure out oh where am I going to move and I had I had um some different requests for help so I thought okay well I can just do these contracts but I'm going to start a company um register a business so what I did is I uh, came up with a name and then I, I hired a graphic designer to do a logo for me, which was really fun. And um, I, you know, the government uh, where I live in any place has a, a registry uh, and you have to make sure that someone else isn't using the same name. And then you pay some money, you register a business and all of that for taxes. And, um, and then I started to uh, do work for different clients under my company name. Awesome. And um, before that, what different jobs have you had um, in architecture? Oh, yeah. So I've, I've worked in many different um, companies. I, I've worked in, uh, I guess, uh, everything from a very small architecture firm just with five people where I worked as mm-hmm. a designer. Um, I've worked for an interior design firm that specialized just in interiors. And then I worked um, at you know, a little bit bigger, like 60, 65 people, um, where I was a project architect. So I would run bigger projects with a bigger team and be more involved in um, working with the client, making sure that I was communicating um, and coordinating, you know, the different people on the team who are working on different projects. So those types of projects were things like hospitals, libraries, bigger, uh, what we call institutional projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've worked on projects, you know, ranging from office spaces, houses, um, stores, and then some of those institutional buildings like schools and, and hospitals and, and libraries. And then um, after when I decided to specialize in sustainable architecture, I became the director of sustainability at an even larger architecture firm of about something around 150 people, where I basically, um, you know, helped uh, all sorts of projects uh, uh, across the whole office uh, to have them be more uh, focused on on being environmentally responsible. Um, And do you prefer working in that like small firms or really big uh, companies or does it depend on the team and the business itself? Yeah, I, it depends. It really, well, I think what's important in a small company, what's really important is you make sure you get along really well with everybody Mm -hmm. in a small company because it's almost like a family, you know, like if you're a five person office, you really make, you have to make sure that, um, uh, you know, that you really have a good relationship with everybody And um, one thing about a small office is that you get to do everything. So when you're starting out in your career, it's great because you have to do everything from almost like tech support to answering the phone to even accounting or things like that. And even in that company, my my boss, he would have to clean the bathroom a little (laughs) bit even, you know, and he was the owner of the company. Um, A big company is great because you can um, specialize uh, but you you want to make sure that you know some people in a big company they get they get sort of what we call pigeonholed or stuck doing something they don't like. So if you're doing something you really like, like I was doing sustainability, 
it was fantastic. And what's great about a big company is that you get all kinds of support. There's an accountant, there's somebody who is going to clean the kitchen, there's somebody who's going to, you know, you have one little problem with a computer, or you just send them an email, and in five minutes, they're at your desk fixing yeah. it. So I think there's benefits to both, and, and also downsides to both. Thank you. And um, what's your favorite part of being an architect? Oh, that's really tough. Um, w- well, I'm going to answer this with a, a, with maybe I'm, I'm, I'm cheating on the answer, but my favorite part of being an architect is the variety. Mm-hmm. You get to do so many different things. You get to design and draw. You get to meet with clients. You get to do calculations. You get to, you know, um, you know, coordinate and work with people and come up with ideas together. Um, you get to go on construction sites and work with uh, builders. So there's so much variety. So I'd say my favorite thing is the variety. What do you think is the next step in sustainable architecture? Well, I think that, you know, we've learned how to make buildings very energy efficient. There are even buildings now that use no more energy than they produce through like solar panels on the roof or wind energy. And they're very well insulated and very efficient. And um, we've learned how to use materials that are more sustainable, that are less you know doing less harm or or creating less harm when they're extracted but i think that the biggest movement now in sustainable architecture is to change the vision of how people live Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of people uh, over the past few generations people's houses have gotten bigger and bigger and they have more space they have more cars they um you know they're consuming more And so I think as architects, we have to create a vision of how people can live in maybe places that are not as big, but they have more access to exciting things. They can walk. They don't have to drive. They have parks near them. And so they don't need such a big house. They can enjoy lots of things in their neighborhood. So I think the bigger picture of how we uh, envision our environment is going to be the most important thing. And how do you think we're going to get there if people are just, they have this habit where they're just buying and buying and buying and it's just going upwards and every year there's more or consuming more and more? Well, I think, you know, what we experienced during COVID about having to be closer and more at home and maybe enjoying our neighborhoods a little bit and, and not, you know, going all over the place um, and appreciating things like, you know, um, other than buying things like cooking, enjoying time with our families, you know, going for walks. Um, And so I think we have to put more emphasis on some of the quality of life, you know, instead of the material, what I call the material things of buying, 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 like things that improve our quality of life, that give us more time to enjoy the things we really like in life, like nature, Mm -hmm. like friends and family. So it's a tough thing to do because you know, there's so much advertising out there yeah. to consume, but it's I think quite overwhelming. it's overwhelming and especially with media and social media, but trying to place more value on those things and realizing that those are really what most people um, appreciate the most. If you really think about it. Yeah, that's very well said. And um, do you have any tips for having a more eco-friendly home? Uh, if you're a teen and your parents own a house and, um, 
or even if you're an adult listening to this, like, do you have any tips um, for that? Sure. Um, well, I think um, the basic thing, well, I'll start from very basic things is that, you know, if you're in your house and there are certain spaces you're not using throughout the day, like, you know, let's say your bedroom, let's say you, yeah. know, you sleep there, you know, turn down the thermostat, turn off the lights, close the door, you know, that, those types of things, very basic you're going to save energy, uh, your bills are going to go down, those types, <laughs> types of things. Um, and then if you want to do anything kind of on the, um, the next level would be like your cleaning products. So we spend, most people, and this is before the pandemic even, spend yeah. over 90% of their time indoors. And in many places, of course, some parts of the world, the air quality outside is very bad. But in most cases, the quality of the air indoors is worse than the quality of the air outdoors. And so what contributes to that air quality that's not good? Things like cleaning products that aren't um, eco-friendly. So trying to use more natural cleaning products, um, making sure that materials um, that, you know, whether it's furniture or things that you buy, don't off-gas. You know, you get that smell sometimes yeah. when you buy new things. That can contribute to bad air quality. Um, make sh making sure that you open the windows once in a while, getting fresh air in. And then I would say, um, if you want to take that to an even higher level, um, you can do very simple things to make your home more energy efficient. You know, for example, um, there's sometimes lots of draft. You know, you, you feel like something is cold and or you feel a little air coming in around the windows. And sometimes you can just buy something called caulking or sealant. Doesn't cost very much money. And you can go around and do a test, you know, um, with a little feather or with, you know, something and feel where the air is coming in and just seal those areas. And that will make an amazing difference. Um, will make you feel more comfortable at home and also will save energy. Great. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's mostly in the habits, right? Because, um, you know, when Greta Thunberg was giving all her speeches, we were all like really motivated to make a change and to um, do something. And all of us were super um, uh, eco-friendly and very aware. But then that kind of wore off, you know, the next day people were driving their cars again, right? And like, it's like it never happened. And it's because you can't, you, you couldn't keep that up, right? Right. So I feel like making small little changes and keeping those changes instead of like once in a while having a, like a big march or like saying I'm going to do this. Like, I don't think it's going to be very productive in the end of the day. So yeah, really doing those things that you mentioned. Yeah, um, like like recycling, yeah. you know, doing your composting. Um, if you can eat a little bit less meat, Mm -hmm. um, all of these little things. And, and like you said, Lara, you know, one, one habit at a time, because as I think in your, one yeah. of your previous podcasts, once you start doing something for a while, it just becomes a habit and you don't think about it. And then you can start the next yeah, thing. Yeah. Right? Like recycling. Like right. 50 years ago, people were like recycling, like how I'm just going to put everything in the garbage. Right. But now it's something that's ingrained in our brains. Right. And, um, I want to ask you a few last questions. So what advice would you give to a team that wants to be an architect in the future? 
Well, I think the most important thing is to be really interested in architecture <laughs> as, a, as a starting point. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy profession. It, it, you work a lot of long hours. You have to study for a really long time. And then even after you study, you have to do an apprenticeship and then you have to take exams and you have to pay fees every year. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a lot of work. So you have to feel like it's your destiny, like it's that you're yeah. passionate about it. And it's not just like, oh, I'm interested. I like buildings. You have to feel it inside of you. I think like I did, like I just mm -hmm. felt like um, it was I dream about space. I think about it. I notice it. So, you know, maybe you don't know that right away, but I think you should tune into that. I would say draw a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to be a math genius to do architecture. But, you know, if you like to measure, if you like geometry, that's always helpful. But draw a lot, paint a lot, do a lot of art, um, look at buildings, try to visit places where you see buildings, do lots of sketches. And if you like to make models or build things, whether it's with Lego or just making things um, on your own, like I used to build furniture when I was younger. I loved building things. So anything that kind of gets you thinking um, like as a builder or as somebody who draws, I think that's the most important thing. And it's a lot of fun too, if mm -hmm. you, you know, and don't be intimidated if you think you're not good at it, because I was really not good at drawing and I just learned, you know, over time. Great. And um, finally, what advice would you give to teens in general? Oh, that's a really good question. I think, you know, just don't worry about finding at this point in time, like I was kind of fortunate that I had this idea when I was very young, um, that that's what I wanted to do. But a lot of people don't know what they want to do when they're young. So I think what's important is to tune into uh, the things that really you enjoy doing. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't just mean like I enjoy watching TV or looking at my phone, but, but activities like whether it's certain subjects in school or even outside of school or things you like to read about or things you like to do and tune into like how those things make you feel and, and explore them, you know, and don't worry. Oh, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but take classes that you, uh, uh, things that interest you and then you'll find your way. Okay, so on that note, thank you so much for being on this podcast, and I'm sure our audience has learned a ton today, and uh, hopefully you'll come on another season. It was my pleasure, Lara. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Email me at theeverythingteenpodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, comments, or business inquiries. Don't forget to leave that review on Spotify to support the pod and hit that subscribe button on YouTube to get notified for new episodes. And don't forget about the podcast's Instagram account at theeverything.teenpodcast. And also, a big announcement, we're almost at a thousand downloads, so please share with your friends so we can get to that and um, thank you just so much for the support. And if you like what you heard, stay tuned for the next episode where I talk to another person about their career. See you soon.